0: Hello and welcome back for the second episode of Headset, the Oberlin Theatre Department's podcast. We are very glad that you could join us today.
1: Last time, we interviewed Anna Aubrey, asking questions about why actors decide to get up on the stage. Today, we're going to be exploring some of the reasons that those interested in theatre and dance might be hesitant to pursue their ambitions.
0: In this episode, we'll be talking to some theatre and dance majors about the stigmas surrounding the performing arts and discuss some of the obstacles that they may have faced in choosing to be involved in these fields.
1: We'll be asking them about their pasts with the arts, how their friends and families have reacted to their artistic ambitions, and how they feel about the stigmas associated with pursuing theatre or dance, especially as a career.
0: So with that, let's dive into our first
1: interview. Alex, why don't you introduce yourself?
2: Hi, thank you. My name is Alex Howell. I use he, him pronouns. I am a fourth-year theatre major, graduating in May. Thankfully, we get to do it in person, which I'm very, very excited about. And I have worked in the theater department and have been involved in theater all four years at Oberlin.
0: Nice. So, did you come to Oberlin intending to be a theatre major?
2: No. I knew I was going to be involved in theatre and that I wanted to do theatre, but originally I actually had no idea what I was going to major in. I was thinking about environmental studies or politics or history or religion. I kind of took classes in all those departments my first year, and then... I didn't think I wanted to pursue any of those, and I kept taking theater classes, and I was involved in theater, and then that's what I ended up declaring my major as. And when I talked to Miss Caroline, she was like, we had no doubt that you were going to be a major. From the second you showed up and started working on The Bluest Eye, which was my first show, she was like, we knew you were going to be a major, even though I did not.
1: So what was that decision process like for you? I know that choosing a major is always a stressful decision, but... How did you
2: feel around declaring a theater major? I declared my major, I think it was the end of my sophomore year, or maybe in the middle of my sophomore year. It was definitely running up on the deadline where I had to declare something, and I guess it was kind of inevitable that I do declare it. Thankfully, like my parents were super supportive of me doing theater and obviously declaring the major, and it didn't seem like a hard decision at the time.
0: Would you say that you want to go into stage management once you graduate? Is that the goal?
2: That was my goal pre-pandemic. My plan was to find a a year-long fellowship at a large regional theater and be a stage management fellow and work with equity stage managers on big shows. And then from there, try and become a PA or get a permanent position at a company doing stage management. Now, I don't really know what my career path is going to be. My summer plans are not theater related. My fall plans are also not theater related. I am not really sure what the future holds. I would like to work in theater at some point in the future. I don't know what or how that's going to look like though.
1: You seem like you have been pretty comfortable about the direction that you've been going and I know that the pandemic has definitely changed a lot of people's perspectives (laughs) on what they have chosen to major in regardless of what field they were attempting to to go into. But since we are centering around it today. Have you felt throughout your theater career that there has been a lot of stigma around what you've decided to do? You said that your parents were very supportive, but do you feel like there have been negative reactions to you choosing to do theater, and have you personally faced any any dilemmas around taking that path?
2: Most of it, I feel like for me, is internal rather than external. Whenever you introduce yourself and you're doing your name, pronouns, your year, your major, for some reason, I'm always embarrassed about saying oh, I'm a theater major, and I don't have a double major. I have a minor, which I declared this year, so it was super late. Part of me just always feels weird just saying, yeah, I'm a theater major. Even though, again, nobody has reacted badly or judged me for that. And then when I do say I'm a theater major, but I'm not an actor. like I always like clarify that. I work in management. I do stage management. I work behind the scenes, which feels, I hate to use this phrase, but more like a real job, which is, again, a horrible sentiment because so many of the skills that you learn as a theater major whether you're an actor a designer a stage manager or whatever are super transferable to so many skills that you need later in life
1: you've said that it's not true and that it's not a good sentiment to have but it is very much real to have that pressure i guess or that understanding of what you internally think and what you expect other people to expect of you. There is this big stigma around being an actor, thinking that acting isn't really going to get you much of anywhere because there is this big claim about it that acting is not a super reliable field.
2: Right. And it's also pretty much all of the people in theater are the struggling artist trope. You know, there are so many stage managers and designers vying for that one spot on a production the pay is shit and the hours are super long and even though for some reason actors bear the brunt of it it really kind of applies to all of us who work in theater and have to freelance or have to go to job boards and job fairs and try and find work even if we're working backstage
0: do you think that the way that people think about theater and the stereotypes that people have for theater stops people becoming involved in theater at all
2: that's a good question i think to some degree yes I mean, there are always going to be people who, because of the stigma, won't pursue their path in the field. However, I think you have to have a passion about what you're doing and you have to be super dedicated to what you do because the hours are long, the pay is bad, the work is hard. And so people do it because they love it, because they need to do it. And because they have that mentality, they don't care what the stigma is or what people think or how many other jobs they have to work in order to also be able to do their art. They're committed.
1: What's interesting in what you said, though, it is they have to really love it to the degree where they don't care what people think. It, it's interesting when I talk to people who are really involved in theater because I sense from them this aspect of, you're on the stage all the time you have to care about what people think of you and whether or not you know people think that you're talented because a measure of talent is a big part of this industry and i'm realizing that a big part of the stigma around specifically acting relates to the fact that you're not constantly having people in front of you who are saying you're good or you're bad, you're getting in or you're not getting in to this thing. And professional disappointments and professional challenges like that exist everywhere. But in acting, I feel like it's to this heightened degree where people can't in some ways ignore it.
2: That actually reminds me of a passage from Funny Girl at the end when Anna is talking about how she wants to take a break from acting because it's not fun for her anymore. And because she was only doing it for other people's validation and gratification and she needed to take a break, or the character I should say, needed to take a break from acting so that she could be in a better place where it could be about her and about her presenting her most authentic self on stage. So that's definitely, like you said Peter, a lot of people struggle with that. But ultimately I believe that actors are doing it not for other people but for themselves.
0: I also wonder if there's a difference, because I know a lot of people talk about the rejection of being an actor and not getting the part. It's not portrayed the same way of being within the crew and not getting the role, not getting the position. And I wonder whether you perceive that as a different kind of rejection or whether you think they're very similar, but just not portrayed in the
2: same way. I think this kind of touches on what we've been saying about how acting is the most visible pathway within theater and because there's so many actors actors are obviously the largest group and also there's this the stigma and this stereotype but also actors go to so many auditions it's like every day they're hitting two or three or four auditions dropping off the resume here and here and that because of the quantity of of jobs they're applying for there's also proportionate number of rejections whereas People in non-art fields, if they're up for a promotion or they're applying for a retail job, they're not going to apply for that twice a day, every day for a month. And for crew positions, I mean, some people to much less of an extent apply in that kind of like blitz of applications or auditions, and it also it's less visible, like actors have to go to the room, they have to usually stand in a long line of other people and hear everybody before them who's so much better than they are, and then they go and they sing, or they dance, or they, they act, and then they thank you for your time, and then they all leave, and then you walk past a line of people who are going right behind you, you know what I mean? So it's very visible, more so than coming in for an interview or having a conversation where you present your design portfolio, so that's much more kind of private and less visible. Mm -hmm. form of job hunting.
1: It also makes me wonder, we've been talking about the distinction between this external stigma where there's this societal idea that actors specifically and most people involved in theater and the arts don't have a lot of job prospects or they have to work a lot harder, which is in some ways true. But then there's the internalized stigma, which you were talking about earlier. Do you think that there is actually more external pressure or do do you think that It's mostly about people putting pressure on
2: themselves. I think that's super varied. Some people come from families and communities that maybe frown upon or or want their children to go into certain fields. And other families don't have preferences. Sometimes that's an economic question. If you don't have the money, you can't afford to go to auditions four times a a day and only do that, you need to be making money so you can pay your rent and pay your bills. So in that case, sometimes is an economic question of, I physically need to be making this much money so that means I can't be going for these auditions. But in terms of kind of a more abstract stigma, I mean, speaking again from personal experience, Most of the stigma that I've encountered has been internal, which is also funny because I'm not sure where I get this stigma from because nobody has told me. You can't be an actor. You can't go into theater. So I don't know where that comes from, but it's definitely present.
0: And to extend on that, do you think that COVID has had an impact on that?
2: I think it was super interesting what we saw happen to the performing arts and theater specifically. And I actually just finished writing my honors thesis which is kind of tackles that topic about what theaters did in response to the events of the past year. And one thing that was super kind of resonant with me is how important the arts are because when theater shut down and when concerts shut down and when music shut down and when television and film shut down in galleries and museums. Everything kind of shut down and people were super starved for art. And because Netflix and productions and music and theater that was already filmed, like Hamilton is a really good example, it became these huge, massive successes. And everybody watched so much TV in this past year. But at the same time, art's workers were not frontline workers, they were not given priority funding or anything like that. And their livelihoods and their incomes and the things they were producing for the public, which served the public good, kind of evaporated. And it was definitely felt in society, but the government and society as a whole kind of didn't really do anything to support artists, which is, I think, an interesting paradox.
0: Thank you so much for joining us.
2: Thank you so much for having me.
1: For our next interview, we'll be talking with Lauren Elwood. Lauren, welcome to the podcast.
0: Thank you. I'm glad to be here.
3: <laughs> Would you like to just introduce yourself quickly to our listeners? Absolutely. My name is Lauren Elwood, I she, her, hers. I am a fourth-year class of 2021 about to graduate, which is wild. I am a theater and dance double major and a student rep for the theater major as well as I help run publicity, and I have for a while now. Those are all my major roles, and I I recently did a senior capstone um, titled Big Spender that uh, Lucas was a part of. It was a good time. Yes,
0: it was a really good
3: time.
1: So you're clearly very uh, active in both theater and dance, so how did you come to the decision to major in them?
3: Well, one of the things was, I, I was always looking to do theater. I decided that that was something I wanted to pursue in high school that I found love. But I didn't actually realize that I wanted to do dance until I came here. I was like, I'm going to be a theater and like another social science, sort of like political science or like sociology or something of that sort. I was like, I'll find it. I'll find my other major. But then I took a class with Holly Hanman who is the light of my life. Um, She taught this musical theater dance class my first semester here. And I was like, I want to know this woman more.
0: Well, so with your decision to major in both dance and theater, have you had any people be negative about that? Have you had any backlash for those decisions?
3: I honestly have felt pretty supported And especially even my parents who like I honestly wasn't that worried about when I decided to do both theater and dance. My parents were rather supportive and they were like, if that's what you want to do, that's what you want to do. But I have thought a lot about how there is a stigma and people are like, oh, you're not going to make any money. And I'm like, well, you're not going to make a lot of money in a lot of different fields. And it doesn't have to be just like theater or dance. And I know that I'm good. And like it's
0: the only thing I want to do. Well, I'm glad you have that confidence and that self-belief because I feel like that's something that's not all that. It's common in some some areas of performing arts, but a lot of people tend to have that internal, like, I'm not good enough for this, but I'm glad that you have that self-confidence to be like, I own this shit.
3: Yeah, I mean, for the most part, there's definitely, like imposter syndrome creeps up and you're like, why am I doing this? Why am I doing this? But then you find that one production or you find that character or whatnot. And you're just like, you fall in love with it. And you're like, oh, that's, this is the reason why I continue to do this and love creating art. There is like this idea of like, if you could do something else, you probably should do that. But like, I literally can't imagine doing something other than like, art.
0: Would you think that being both a dance and a theater major, Is there a difference in people's opinions of theater majors versus dance majors?
3: There's definitely different flavors and people definitely associate different (laughs) things with either theater or dance. I mean, I feel like there is like this idea of the theater kid (laughs) and that's definitely uh, very much associated with the major, I'm assuming. I'm just very much in the bubble. I know a lot of writers, I know some like fine arts people, but I honestly don't know all that many people outside of like the arts bubble. So I honestly don't know quite how it's perceived.
1: (laughs) Do you think kind of being in that bubble of just other artists helps you with your um, like your motivation and also, uh, you know, feeling like you are in the right place and like people aren't judging you?
3: No, absolutely. Especially theater. And I think Dance is a similar medium in that it just highly needs collaboration and you need to be inspired by the people you're around to be creating the art that you want. Theater legitimately requires (laughs) another person to make it theater dance you can sort of just do anywhere and that's also one thing that i just love and you can just like dance for yourself by yourself anywhere but both are like highly performative and like within that idea of it being performative often you have to perform it for someone else
1: i was kind of wondering you know within that bubble there is security but there's also this big competition that exists um so you know how do you navigate uh relationships with people in that same field when you know that you're kind of competing for a lot of the same uh positions
3: that is a big struggle and a big like tension that definitely underlies a lot of things especially within theater i think the dance department here is like the one of the least competitive dance communities i've ever been a part of which is so reassuring and and wonderful like everybody is so supportive and building each other up like it's i love this dance department so much for that and like there is, like, slight competition within the theater department for sure. Like, there's always going to be, like, oh, I want, like, especially if people are, like, your certain type, you're always going to be, like, oh, we're going out for the same roles. It is it is a hard thing to navigate at points, and it's sort of, like, trial and error, and, like, it's unfortunate, but sometimes, like, it does get the best of you. <laughs>
1: a lot of the other performing arts majors that I have talked to when they are kind of confronted with the stigma that's surrounding the performing arts one of the things that they talk about is how useful the skills that you pick up in the performing arts can be in other careers but you seem pretty um invested in continuing on this track do you have plans for after graduation i'm so sorry for asking that
3: what i am hoping to do i am fortunate i have an internship um, on the coast of Maine because that's where I'm from. If anybody knows me, they know I'm from Maine and I rep it hard. The thing that I really am also interested in is like arts management. So I'm not, I'm also not just interested in performing. So I'll be doing that there. And also it's, it's a small enough town that I'll be able to like find other ways to perform within these like smaller communities. So I'll be there until like December. And then after that, I am probably moving to Philly because that's where most of my friends are and like just creating and devising and just like trying to find other people who are interested in the same things that I am and then like I also want to like find classes like especially about clowning because that I and eventually down the road I want to do grad school but I kind of want to be a human and try out the world for a while. Have you been
0: involved in theater since you were young? Do you think there are – and to go off of that then afterwards, do you think that there are things that keep people from doing theater?
3: I actually didn't do theater, like, intensely until high school. And then once I hit high school, then they did three shows a year. And then I really found how deeply I loved it. And so that was sort of like an awakening of sorts. I, I'd done dance since I was little. That's the, that's the one thing I've – um. Consistently done dance since I was about four or five, and and that's the rest is history. But I I do think theater can be extremely classist and elitist at points, and it's not always that accessible. I I, I think even like theater education, like college education, like BFA's or BAs are just insanely expensive, um, and you either have to have good scholarships or family money, and so there's always going to be like that barrier. And you can always just, like, do plays and read them with friends and in-, in that way. Like, theater is always accessible if you have a script. But if as a career, it's <laughs> extremely elitist, especially if you go, like, the Broadway route.
1: I- I'm interested in dance from that perspective as well, um, partially because it's kind of talked about as a career a lot less. Um, and there are, of course, professional dancers. Um, but... You know, it has the same kind of inaccessibility, uh, perhaps even more because you have to kind of take dance classes when you're younger. Um, And I'm kind of wondering about like what your dance education or experience has been like since you were little, because I know that it can be very exclusive um, and it can really demand a lot of you.
3: I was very fortunate. My family could afford some lessons in high school. I honestly had to step back because it was (laughs) too many and my family couldn't afford it at least the numbers that I was taking. I have consistently taken ballet since I was young. And as I got older, I took more like jazz and tap. And like there is this pressure, especially like within concert dance, to have that um, rigorous training that like not everybody can um, have access to. I, I definitely think like more of the commercial sense. I know a lot of people who are like, especially along the lines of like more like hip hop dance and like in that commercial idea of like a lot of like music videos and commercials and whatnot that are, it pays a lot better. And I know a lot of people who are more self-taught within that field.
1: I actually uh, wanted to ask a question about something that you had mentioned earlier, which is that you ha- you were going into an internship in arts management. Uh, and I was wondering about that. I mean, partially because that's just, I, I don't really know what that is. And partially because like, I feel like theater and arts and dance careers are shrouded in this weird mystique where people like don't talk about them because they don't think that there are any that exist outside of being a performer. So I I think that it would be kind of interesting to touch on something that you've found uh, that is not performing that's still related to arts that you're interested in.
3: Yeah, no, as I said earlier, I have um, helped run publicity, especially this last year. I've been a part of publicity since like the middle of my sophomore year um, for theater and this year, I've also taken on dance more. so um, but I've really found a lot of joy in that task. And I just I love making sure everybody knows about all the events that are going on and like highlighting and spotlighting all these amazing performers and performances and things that are going on within the department. Like I just want everybody to know about it. And, like, I feel like that's such an important skill because you just, even if you only are a performer, like, you need to be able to manage yourself. But, like, y- you should be able to, like, understand the business even if you aren't a manager itself. And I think that's really important. Yes.
0: I Thank you so much for your time, Lauren. Of course. Thank you for having me. Thank you. I think both Alex and Lauren presented some really interesting concepts there and very interesting perspectives on the theater major. I know i like myself I made the decision when I was looking at becoming a theater major when I was looking at college I was like I do not want to have to take acting classes so that's why I decided not to be a major and only to be a minor so I guess that in itself is a little bit of a stigma about about acting because I don't think that I have any sort of acting skills and I am terrified of embarrassing myself, which is part of why I decided, no, I don't want to go anywhere near an acting class. So no theater major for me.
1: Yeah. I mean, that's that's really interesting. And there there is like this Huge. I mean, uh, Lauren talked a little bit about this stigma of like what a theater kid looks like. And I feel like going into what you're saying about being nervous to do an acting class, there is this idea of people who do theater and people who do acting classes as like these big, bold personalities. Uh, and that you have to have that to be involved. Um, and that also, you know, like those are the people who overshadow all of the rest of them.
0: And I think that stigma is also part of the reason why I don't want to be in an acting class because I'm scared that I won't live up to the expectation and what other people are going to be like.
1: That also gets to the, the thing that um, I was talking about with Lauren last, which is like the competitiveness of theater and like uh, the comparison to other people, you know, also because we were talking with Alex about how when you go to auditions it's much more transparent than it is in other fields, like who you're trying to impress and who you're up against. And, you know, you're standing in this long line of people and you can see everyone that goes before you and you're comparing yourself to them. And it kind of is like that because, I mean, when you're in other fields like writing and... Um, you know other majors that people might choose uh you know your, your essay writing but you don't see all of the other essays of everyone in your class um and even if you do it's probably not like the most polished version so it's not like you have one shot to make this essay count and you're being directly compared to everyone else um and so yeah i, I feel like that's a big part of like where the nerves come from and i feel like honestly a big part of constructing stigmas and stereotypes around things in general is a fear of them um, and since most people uh, have kind of that fear of performing and getting up on the stage and you know like a lot of people have stage fright um, so much so that there's a word for having stage fright so yeah a big part of constructing stereotypes and stigmas around things in general is the fear of that thing and Um, there is this big fear that's kind of surrounding theater and like there's even a word for stage fright because of this this like societal idea of theater being a thing that like only certain people have the facility to do. Um, So it's like, I don't know, people have this this idea of theater as like, well, it's never a thing that I could do, so it must be like this really, really difficult field that only a very, very select few get to be part of. And that elitism um, does exist to an extent, like Lauren was talking about, but it's in no way so stratified or so impossible to work your way uh, into the field. Um, and that's you know part of what Alex was talking about was that there is so much more opportunity within that field than people attribute to it.
0: Yeah, definitely. There's a lot of things that I didn't think about in regards to theater. Like I've always had an interest in sound design and that was kind of, if I was to go into theater, that was what I was planning to do. Um, and I've always kind of kept that in my back pocket and kind of been like, I want to do computer science because that's my major, but I'd love to do like local community sound design, just like as a a thing I do on the weekends kind of thing like that. It's kind of, I never imagined sound design being my job because because there's so few opportunities in it and i was like i don't computer science is safe let's do that
1: correct me if i'm wrong but it seems like you kind of went into like you knew that you wanted to do something kind of related to theater and the arts which was sound design but you kind of went in with like a backup almost um like something that you could do at the same time um i feel like that's the appeal of a lot of STEM things like calculus or whatever, like there's a right way to do it. And it's kind of formulaic. And you like, once you arrive at the right answer, you know that you've gotten to the right place, but um, and you know, acting theater arts are nothing like that. so
0: There's no right. And that's kind of one of the things that I struggled with, with like taking design classes is I'm like, right is a matter of opinion in design, in classes like this and in theater. So, and I mean, that's also, that's, that's a stigma in itself is, there is no right and if i did the same thing with a different professor i would potentially get a different grade it's like you go and you do a big show and you do this the show the exact same every night but one night you get a standing ovation the other night that nobody applauds like it's it's very dependent on the audience you're performing for whereas if i was to do a math problem for the same audience because i'm doing math problems for an audience now like if i got the right answer i would get the same response from said imaginary audience
1: right I mean it just gets gets back to the idea that in almost every field you are looking for someone's approval but theater is like even more towards that end of um, they're not being right and wrong because you don't just have the audience of one person one professor who's judging you a lot of the time it's an entire class of people or an entire audience of you know over you know hundreds of people and um, also, their approval or disapproval of you is so public. And I feel like people who are really successful are people kind of like Lauren, kind of like Alex, who are just very secure in the idea that like, they, first of all, don't have to get it perfectly right every time. And um, second of all, that they know their own personal worth um, and are able to kind of quantify that for themselves and aren't dependent on um, other people saying that they've gotten it right every time. Well, I think this has been a really great discussion of some of the stigmas that are surrounding uh, theater and the performing arts, and I think it's caused even us people who are very involved in the theater world to rethink some of our perceptions of actors and dancers and uh, artists in general. Mm-hmm.
0: Definitely. Uh, thank you so much to our guests Lauren Elwood and Alex Howe, for joining us, and We will see you next time on Headset, the Oberlin College Theatre Department's podcast.